Psalm 51, verses 16 to 17. Going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart shattered lives ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. I love that. I love that. And the reason why I love that, did you ever get so prepared for something that you think you got everything all lined up, everything's all ready to go, whatever it's for. And then you wake up and you find out, not so much. Not so much. That was, the, that was this morning for me. I thought I was as prepared as I could be for this morning. And I woke up this morning really disturbed in my spirit. I said, wow, this, this, this passage in Jeremiah that we are going to read from, that I'm hopefully eventually going to get to, <laughs> has been on my heart and disturbing me for, for, for months. It really has been something that God's kept on bringing me back to time and time again and teaching me new stuff, really exploding my heart and, and just really talking to me about specific things for me. Really a wonderful time it has been. And so I went and did, some, you know, after all these months of looking at this and then, then you know, thinking about what needs to be uh, uh, talked and shared about this morning, I, I went and did something silly and prepared a sermon. Now, you know, preparing sermons are good. Believe me. The sermons are, are wonderful tools to, to express God's heart and God's, God's word. I, I, I love it. I love sermon prep. I really do. But sometimes you can prepare for something so much that you really you, you suck the life right out of it. And I think that's what happened for me this, this week as I was preparing. You know, I was really getting into the study. I was really enjoying uh, some nuances of, of this story that we're going to get into. So I hope you don't mind that I kind of exercise my prophetic gift today. I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind. Because I'm going to anyway, but I hope you don't mind. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to anyway because I want to be obedient to the Father's heart. I, I really do. And there are some important things that I wrote down that, that are really good, and I'll, I'll post the notes up later on, and, on if you really care. I'm going to try to be extreme. I always do, but I'm going to try to be really sensitive to what he's saying today. And it has to do with eyesight. You know, the miracle of seeing is, 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 is truly a fantastic gift that God has given us. The ability to see is, is just wonderful. And even if, you, even if you see like me, now everyone knows that I see things I see life a lot differently than most people, just in a, in a normal vein of things. And maybe normal is not the word to use for me. But I, the, the fact is that my eyes are really kind of strange. I think I mentioned this before. One eye is nearsighted, and the other eye is farsighted. It really whacks out my focus sometimes. You know? But, you know, thankfully, God gives doctors wisdom, and they make corrective lenses. But there is, there is something that we all share in this room when it, when it comes to concerning our, our, our eyes. And matter of fact, it is something that is shared with every human being on the face of the planet. And this, this unique feature about eyes is really shared almost in every mammal that's on the face of the planet. There are parts of our retina that are insensitive to light. Scientists call them blind spots. 
There are little areas of our eyes that simply do not receive the light in order to be able to generate the vision that we need to see. They're really small. They're minute. But I think when we think about spiritual blind spots, I think that's what God is after this morning. And God wants to speak to that. And he's going to use this story in Jeremiah to help us. So we need to ask him for help. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to come and hear your heart. I'm asking that you, the triune God, would come here now. Saturate us. Drench us with your presence. Drip on us. Expose us to your heart. Help us to, to open up everything that, we're, everything that we are so that we might receive everything that you have. And yes, I do pray that you would empty me of me so that you can speak through me. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you would turn to Jeremiah 1. We're going to pick up the story in verse... Well, let's start in 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before... I formed you in in the womb. I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, Ah, Lord, my God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say that I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And before we go on, the context of this whole passage is here that God's patience with Israel has run out. His patience is gone. He's about to send Babylon to come and invade Israel. It's not a very good message that he's given Jeremiah to deliver. There's a reason why Jeremiah is afraid. And he's not afraid of the Babylonians, he's afraid of his own people here. And what they do to prophets sometimes, they come bearing bad news, news that they want to hear. It's a very dangerous position for Jeremiah, and he wants nothing to do with it. So he starts making excuses. I am too young, I don't know how to talk. God has none of it. God does, it's almost like God doesn't listen to him in this case. It just says, don't, don't bring this up, because I'm about to do something. Then the Lord put out his hand, and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you. That word means to oversee. I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what? do you see Jeremiah what do you see when the father asks a question he's really interested in the answer he's really interested in our answer God knowing the answer is not for for his benefit it's for our benefit God knows the answer he knows our hearts he already knows there's nothing hidden from him so answering God when he asks a question is really for our benefit It is an opportunity for our heart to be revealed and maybe see those blind spots. So that's what happens here. Jeremiah is getting an opportunity by this this powerful question, what do you see? What do you see? Now, Jeremiah answers, an almond branch. 
And almond branch is very special to God. It's so special that God instructs the Israel to, to put almond branch decorations almost on every vessel that's in the tabernacle. It's a beautiful flowering branch. It is also the, the earliest tree to blossom in the springtime. It blossoms in January. It's, it's like every other tree is asleep, but the almond tree is awake. The Hebrew word for almond means to watch. So when this is, it, it, this is a blooming that it just begs people to watch what's going on, what's about to happen. But here's, here's the thing. This question, what do you see, is a great invitation for us this morning. This was an invitation for Jeremiah to see something spectacular happen in his own life. This was an invitation to begin to see like Father God does. To no longer use excuses for not following the mission, the heart, the plan of God for our lives. Jeremiah was looking for a way out. Jeremiah was throwing down excuse after excuse for not to, to not see the bigger picture. And God would have none of it. Because he loved Jeremiah so much. Because he knew Jeremiah before he was ever in his mom's womb. He had already called him. He had already separated him. He had already consecrated him to be a prophet to the nations. He is telling Jeremiah, don't be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. So this question, I believe, is asked of us today. God's answer to Jeremiah after he says, I see an almond branch. It's spectacular. It's an awesome answer by God. You have seen well. You have seen well. That word well means you have seen successfully. But it carries a connotation with this that that you have answered this question so well that it pleases the heart of the person who asked the question. I want you to imagine for a moment the best that you can. God is asking you that question this morning. What do you see? What do you see? And somewhere deep within yourself, deep within your heart, the heart that he has redeemed, somewhere deep down in your soul, the soul that he sacrificed his son for, and somewhere in your mind where it's been transformed and renewed by the power of his word, somewhere in there, somewhere from the core of your heart, you answer God, and then you hear his voice. You have answered well. Think about that. Wouldn't you love to hear God say that this morning? That no matter what your answer was, no matter what you saw, that your answer pleased the heart of the Father. Because I actually do believe that God is always asking that question about what do we see. There's a marvelous story in 1 Kings, I think it is, where the armies of Syria have surrounded Elijah. Elijah's servant goes outside and sees all this, this big army and he's freaking out. And he comes back to Elijah and says, Master, you better check outside. There's, there's a lot happening out there that you know, we're, we're basically doomed. Elijah reminds him and says, oh, <laughs> that's because you're not seeing clearly. And he prays for the, his eyes of his servants to be open and he tells them to go outside again. And he goes outside again and he sees this host, heavenly host, surrounding the army of Syria. See, both men were, were seeing something. One was not seeing clearly. Elijah prays for his eyes to be open. You know, that, that phrase gets used often throughout Scripture that, that opened their eyes. God opened their eyes. Jesus opened their eyes. 
There's something fantastic about that word open. I read a couple of months ago about the, what was going on in this, in this section of India where the, there, there's a huge problem with childhood cataracts. And it's so much of a problem is because so these people are swamped in poverty. They can do nothing about it. But this team of doctors have, has come in to start removing the cataracts from all the people that they can. It's a marvelous story about the generosity of these doctors going in and, and doing this work. But they found out something. Since there are so many people that have this problem, they found out a very interesting thing. They can remove the cataracts and restore vision, but the people still don't know how to see. Their mind is so overwhelmed by the new stimulus that they actually have to be trained how to see. Freaky, right? How do you be trained how to see? Vision is restored, but they have to be trained how to see. And there's some kind of therapy that they go through, and it it works, and it's a marvelous, marvelous story. When the Bible uses the word open their eyes, it talks about not only restoring vision, but making that eyes completely able to see instantly. There's no training necessary. Those eyes that are open are able to see like he sees. The servant of Elijah goes out, and now he gets, he gets the whole picture. He's seeing like God wants him to see. First, he saw overwhelming odds. Now he sees a, a God who is overwhelming the odds. Psalm 119.18, we read, Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law, out of your word. You know, when, when you do something like this, there's, there's not a lot of how-tos. I don't have three points how to see God better this morning. I have 12 points of how to let God open your eyes. I don't, there's not a lot of how-tos this morning. But that's the closest one that I can give you. is to pray that God opens our eyes. There is, a, there is a need for all of us to be able to start to see more and more like God sees. The situations that we walk through, as difficult as they might and horribly be, if we don't see the situation like God sees the situation, then yeah, we are lost. They're not helping me anyways. They're just really not. Why is that question really important? God asked, and is indeed asking this morning. What do you see? We're in this together, right? Right? We're in this together? God wants us to see something that's for us individually, and God wants us to see something that's collectively for this small band of believers that, that gathers here in this, in this building on this day. I can't be the only one answering that question. I guarantee you I won't be the only one answering that question for us. I need you to help me answer that question. Personally, I'll come alongside of you if you need me to help you answer that question on a personal level, on an individual level. 
but I'm asking you to come alongside me on a corporate level. So when God asked that question, what do you see? What does that mean to you? What does that stir you? And I'm not saying that you might actually have a specific thing this morning, but what does that thought do to you? I could have a couple answers to that. Um, but I think that the first thing that just hit me was, uh, obviously for me, in that it was a whole bunch of answers. Some a little negative, but then some you know, going positive. That what do I see? A guy who hasn't, <clears throat> who's falling short of where I should be in my walk. But then, at the same time, thankful for seeing the, the place that he put me here to help me with that. Now, it's up to me to take those steps. But, you know, with the, the men's study that we're doing, the uh, just being here with our worship, maybe... Asking to helping out with announcements, you know, whatever it is, you know, that was that was the first thing is that I know I could do more Mm. and I know I have it. And, you know, I've said that to myself a lot. Why haven't you read? Why aren't you reading? Why aren't you doing this? And then then you come here and, you know, you get all this encouragement and all this. And then, you know, I start to see that. Mm. So uh, I may not see it all yet, but I. Just getting a little glimpse. Mm. So, thank you. I saw in my mind's eye an egg. Mm. It reminded me of a bird's egg with a slight crack. There was the stirring of life in that egg. Now, what that life, that emerging life, will look like, I have no idea. Mm. But there is an anticipation. And the very fact that an egg exists bears testimony to the foundation of what has already occurred in the fellowship. Mm. The egg didn't come out of nowhere. That's right. It came out of hearts of love that were looking to give life to something. And so I simply see the Stirring of that life through a crack in an egg. Hmm. I know this is different. I know this stretches us a little bit. It's good to stretch. That question is meant to stretch us. What do you see? I hear all the kinds of questions come from it like, what would you like to see? See, this is an appeal by Father God. This is an urging of His heart to bring us closer to His heart. See, when we think we expose our heart and we, and we uncover those areas that we are hiding and we are hiding, we get a little afraid. And I think that's when we start throwing up those excuses. And I am thankful that God is so loving, so kind so for us, so absolutely that He will not let us go. That those excuses mean nothing to Him. And eventually He wants us to get to a place where they mean nothing to us. That instead of offering up excuses for excuses sake, that we start to offer these things up as sacrifices of praise. 
saying, you know, I had all this, all this stuff over here that kept me from following you with everything that I got. But now I'm offering, say, please burn it. Just burn it. Consume it. So there's just dust. And so I can shake it off. And passionately follow you with everything that I have. See, this is what that question is meant to do for us today. It is meant to disturb us. It is meant to wake us up in the middle of the night. Like, But it's because he loves us so much. And he will not let us stay in something that's incomplete. Because he wants us whole. He wants us free. He wants us, he wants us with him. What do you see? Uh, Patty and I did our meditation meditation this morning before we came into church. Um, meditation was basically on idolatry and what are things that we're afraid to lay down in our life that would actually things that in a, in a sense would replace Jesus in our life because Christ is supposed to be the first thing there. And it's real easy to have other things that kind of get in the way that are, um, I guess, more important to us. We, we don't even realize it's more important than Christ himself. So if we see something in our life that we, you know, if God asked us to lay it down and we wouldn't really want to lay it down, then that's something that we might want to really think about and say, you know, what place does that have in our life in relationship to where is Christ in our life? And that's really something that will, I mean, when you start thinking about that, you can think about that for a long time because mm-hmm. this, I know there's a lot of things in my life that I think Christ is first, but I have all these things that I really don't want to lay them down. You know, I I enjoy those things, and uh, it's not that you necessarily have to give all these things up. It's that you necessarily have to see what place that it has. And some of the things that we have to lay down are not necessarily bad things. Mm. They can be good things, Mm -hmm. but they can't be before Christ. And that's what we have to, those are the things that we have to consider. Yeah. Amen. Along those lines, um, I woke up one morning a while ago with God asking me a question. And that was, what are the altars in our life, Mm. in my life? And that's along the lines of what Mike was saying about uh, idolatry. He wants us to be honest enough with him, um, even if we don't want to be honest enough with each other. But he does want us to be honest enough with him to um, to open ourselves up to him revealing to us what things in our life have actually become altars that we might not even have realized. Mm-hmm. And that's where it comes to when he asks us to lay something down. If we've done that, it's not so hard to let go of it. And that's along the lines of what you mm-hmm. said, Jay, letting go yep. of things. A wonderful addition to that story about Elijah and his servant is that Elijah asked God to blind the eyes of the Syrian army. And he does. Elijah leads the Syrian army 
basically in the middle of the, of the armies of Israel. Leaves them right in the middle of there. And they ask, Elijah, well, should we, should we wipe them out? And Elijah gives a great answer. He says, no, you didn't do any of this. I want you to feed them and send, you, send them on their, on their way. So basically, they prepare a feast for their enemy. And they send them back on their way. How many of us would have taken the other choice? And wiped out our enemies. There's two points that I think. The first point is that that we don't have to worry about the battle. God has it. And if he wants to blind our enemies, he certainly can. There is a host surrounding our enemies and surrounding us at the same time. And it's the host of heaven. And then to see how God sees is to have compassion on our enemies. Feed them on their way. See, when you begin to see like God wants us to see, everything is changed. The way we see our neighbors, the way we see our friends, the way we see our family, the way we see everybody that comes in contact with us, it completely changes. And it needs to. We need to have the eyes of the Father. We just do. I do. So when God answers, asks that question, what do you see? I have an answer that pleases my Father's heart. I see this. Or I, I think I see this. Yeah. You've seen well. You're beginning to get the picture. You're beginning to understand my heart. You begin to see the whole thing. Because you're starting to, to realize that you need to see like me. Open my eyes, Father. Open my eyes. Take every hindrance from being with the sea like you see away. Every cataract. Every spiritual blind spot. Remove it. What do you see? I want you to to ponder that question as much as you possibly can. Take out a journal if you have it. See, let it stir your heart up. Let it open up every every part, every pore of your of your humanness. Let it just open up. Be like Patty said. Be brutally honest with God of what you see. See, God's not afraid of your answer. God already knows the answer. He wants you to see. He wants your eyes to be open. So that not only is the ability to have your eyes be useful, that you actually do see. And He doesn't want you to be afraid of what you see any longer. That's the thing. There are things that you're afraid to look at. Because you've hidden them away for a long time. And if you expose them to light, you fear the pain that it's going to cause. I know. I've been there and probably will be there again. But here's a wonderful opportunity that God has given us by asking that question. What do you see? My Father, I see this about my life. I'm not pleased with it, but I see it. Ah, you have seen well. Because now... Now we can do something about it. Now we can heal it. Now we, we can change it. We can make you brand new in this area. 
Father, I've blown it so many times. How could I possibly be set apart for you? You're not seeing well yet. Come a little bit closer. See, how do you look at things from a distance? How can you really see something clearly from a distance? You can't. Even with binoculars, you can't really see something clearly from a distance. Not really see it the way God wants. You've got to get close. You've got to get up and personal. You've got to be able to touch it with your other senses as well. And I think this is a great invitation by Father God when he says, what do you see? He means, you know, you might need to come a little bit closer. When John the Baptist's disciples were leaving John the Baptist and starting to follow Jesus, they asked him, where are you staying? And Jesus says, Come see. Come see where I'm staying. What does it matter? You'll be with me. And that's the same thing here, this moment, that this question is giving us an opportunity to draw closer to God in a way that maybe we have not yet. What do you see? And the follow-up question is, what do you want to see? What do you want to see happen in your life? Paul prays this wonderful prayer in in Ephesians. Ephesians 1. Starting in verse 16. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. That you might know what is the hope to which he has called you. And what are the riches of his glorious inheritance to his saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. According to the working of his great might. That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. The same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is the power that he wants to resurrect those areas in our lives. It's the same power. It's the same precise, purposed power that is for us. So what do you see? Do you see circumstances that seem out of your control? Areas of your life that are just broken and bruised and seem like there's no way out. Well, it's good to see those and recognize what those are. It certainly is. But if that's all you see, you're going to stay lost in them. God wants to open our eyes. He wants to lift our heads. So that we're not just looking at circumstances, at situations, at things that are threatening us, the enemies that seem to be circling around us. He wants us to look up. And recognize that there is a greater power at work here. And there's a greater opportunity for us to be closer to the God who will resurrect everything about our lives. Open our eyes. So let that be our prayer today. Father, open our eyes. Completely open our eyes. Every area everything every blind spot 
open those areas. And speak light and life into those areas. So that everything is exposed, not, not to shame us and not to make us cringe, but to make us free. Expose these things, Lord. We long to hear your voice, your voice boom throughout our, every part of our lives and say, oh, you have answered well. So we offer these things as, as sacrifices to you and we ask that you would take them and consume them on your altar. And that you will take these and you will find us and, and you will bring us to you and you will continuously call us to yourself. We thank you that you do. But open our eyes so that we can see. And so when you ask the question, what do you see, that we can give an answer that pleases you. And I do believe that you are pleased with us because of your great love. So I pray for all of us. I pray, Father, that we will continuously surrender ourselves to you. So that the next steps that we take as individuals, the next steps we take as a corporate entity that is, that is yours alone, will be ones that change not only our lives, but will affect the lives of people out there because the harvest is ready. It just needs workers. It just needs people to go and live such a way, such a manner that it, that it draws people to you. Help us to be those, those people. Help us to see, like you see, you see the hearts that are wounded and lost and need you. Help us to see that. Help us to see the promises and the purposes in your word so that we can proclaim them and believe them. Father, that we will not let anything else define who we are except you. That we will not allow our past. We will not allow decisions. That we will not allow mistakes. That we will not allow our sins to define us. But we will only allow you and your word alone to define who we are. We are your sons and we are your daughters. Because that's how you see us. And we want to see how you see. So correct our vision, correct our eyesight, that we begin to see ourselves as sons and daughters of the Most High. And therefore, since we are your sons and your daughters, we are free people. And we need to walk in more freedom and continuously, continuously hunger after you, hunger and thirst for you. So I ask that for, for all of us today, that you would indeed do that work in us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.